Well, it's been a while since I've uh, preached here, and I'm going to be preaching for a while, and we're going to start a brand new series. The name of the series is called Jesus. And the reason that we're starting the series is because as we start to get back into the swing of things, like the summer's over and we're getting back into the swing of things with the kids in school and all that other stuff, I wanted us to be focused on the most important thing for our lives and the most important thing for our church, and it's Jesus. And so we're going to, uh, today we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at uh, come to, what does it look like to come to Jesus? And then next week we'll be be with Jesus, and then abide in Jesus, and then love like Jesus, and then talk about Jesus. Come to, be with, abide in, love like, talk about Jesus. And so I encourage you to come for the entire series. I know that it's now a thing where, you know, we come for a couple of weeks and then we skip a few weeks and then, but I want to encourage you, stick with this. I think it'll change your life. And so I encourage you to come to the series. And so, uh, you know, it was a, a few years ago. A few years ago, I was, t- it's more than a few years ago, it's like over a decade ago. I was taking my family to the amusement park. And so we went to the amusement park, we got there early. It was one of those hot days uh, that you uh, get there and you get on these, all these rides. And so we spent the entire day and ate really badly and then got back into the car. And as we got the kids ready to come back home, my wife leaned over as wives occasionally do. She uh, leaned over, has, I don't know if you've ever had your spouse speak to you, speak to you over the hood of the car. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever had a friend or a spouse do that, but she's, she looked at me and she said this. She said, hey, uh, why don't you take a nap for like 20 or 30 minutes? Take a nap. And I was like, I'm not tired and I don't want to lose 20 or 30 minutes. She goes, no, 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 really. I want you to take a nap. I was like, we can sit in the car for 20 or 30 minutes while I look out that windshield, but I'm not tired, I don't need a nap, thanks mom. And so, (laughs) let's get going. So I had this argument in my head. Let me show you the thoughts that were kind of going in my head. My, My first argument is that she just simply didn't have my agenda in mind. She didn't know what I wanted. She didn't realize that I needed to beat the traffic. If I didn't beat the traffic, we were going to be in this car with very small kids who are very tired for longer than my patience would be able to sustain. You know what I'm saying? So that was the first thing. The second thing was that not only did she not have my agenda in mind, she didn't know what she was talking about. I wasn't tired. I had energy to spare. I'm an energizer bunny. I can go on for days. She just didn't have a clue. And then lastly, I knew better than her. See, I had insights that she didn't have, and if she would just listen to me, everything would go well. Now, what happened next 
is I was driving and I had one of those terrifying experiences. I don't know if you've ever had one of these experiences where you're driving and 40 minutes later, there is a horn of a truck, you know, those really loud mega horn truck. Uh, uh, I was literally driving while asleep with all the kids in the back seat with my wife next to me. I was driving, like, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever gone to sleep, but like still had your eyes open, that kind of thing. I was like, you know, porch light on, but nobody's home kind of thing. I'm driving and he's like, oh my gosh. And he woke me up and I had, there was like three or four lanes and I had, I had a drifted for about three or four lanes. I was going to go off the road. I was going to destroy my life and my family's life because I couldn't hear not only the instruction, I couldn't receive an invitation to rest when someone who loved me knew that I needed rest. Today we're going to be talking about coming to Jesus. And we're going to look at a very classic verse in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, where Jesus invites us to rest. But here's the problem. The problem many of us don't want to come to Jesus is number one. Jesus doesn't have our agenda. He is not functioning within the parameters that we want him to function in. We have an agenda for our lives that is different than the one that Jesus has. Number two, the reason we don't come to Jesus is because we know what's best for our own happiness. We know better than Jesus. And because we know what's, we know what's better for us than Jesus, we feel no great obligation to come into his rest. And then thirdly, is that we think we have a better way of living our lives than anything that Jesus can offer us. See, the truth is, Jesus offers us this life, this fuddy-duddy life with no fun, and where, what about all those other people who are having a great time, and all those other people who are doing their own thing? I want to live that kind of life. I want to live that kind of life. And Jesus is like, no, 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 I think I have a better idea of what the good life is for you. You see, in this moment, Jesus might be inviting you to have a rest, but not just like a heavy eyes rest, but maybe, maybe a heavy heart rest. Maybe you're here and, and things in your family are not the way you imagined, and your heart is heavy. Maybe the doctor has told you things that are really, really concerning to you, producing all sorts of anxiety, and you need rest. Maybe, maybe your kids are going in a direction that you absolutely can foresee is going to end up in a nightmare. You need rest. Maybe you're single and you're starting to fret and even starting to compromise your morals because you're saying, I, I just, I don't want to be single anymore. You need to rest. 
Jesus is inviting us into a rest, but it's not a rest to lay down and recharge your batteries. It's a rest that's only found in him. And if we don't get that rest, we will sabotage our lives. We Listen, this might be, this moment might be that truck horn waking you up to find your rest in Christ. Beloved, listen to me. I know that the alcohol is calling and I know that the, that the, the, the pills are, are calling your heart, but I'm telling you, there's a rest in Christ. I know that there's a, a work environment that you feel like you have to get to in order to make enough money so that you could establish yourself and all that other stuff, but Jesus is calling you to a rest. I know that this school is demanding a great deal out of you. And you just listen, 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 listen. A rest in Christ. You need that. Your marriage needs that. Your singleness needs that. Your kids need that. Your family needs that. Your work environment needs it. You need a rest in Christ. Jesus says this. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? Jesus is instructing people about coming to him. And he says this, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Would you read this with me? One, two, three. Come to me, all of you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to carry, and my burden is light. Amen. Please have a seat. Jesus is calling us to come to him to find our rest in him, to find our delight in him, especially when everything in life is falling apart. So what can we learn? What can we learn about this beautiful gospel invitation to rest in Jesus in this passage? Firstly, what we learn is the one who offers us the rest is Jesus. Jesus is the one who offers the rest. Listen to what he says. He says, Come to me. And then he says, I will give. And then he says, take my yoke. And then he says, learn from me. And then he says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And then he says, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Do you see what Jesus is doing? Come to me. What I have to offer is so much better. It's so much more delightful. It's so much more in tune with the way I made you than the life that you decide to choose for yourself. See, sometimes things fall apart. Sometimes things go really well. And for those of us who things are going really well, and those who things are falling apart, Jesus is going, there is a rest in me that's unique to all the other rests in the world. It can only be found in Christ. He made you. He knows how you work. 
He knows you better than you do. And so he invites you into a rest that's custom made for you. But it's, listen to me, it's not a rest in your it's not a rest in your darling sin. Do you know what I mean when I say darling sin? You know how like you have these things that you run to when you're all stressed out? And it, it could seem really good, but it's not. Like maybe your rest is going shopping or maybe your rest is a bottle of alcohol or something else. Or maybe your rest is just to um, call your friends and just hear their voice or whatever. And Jesus is saying, There's those, that's fine if you want to go shopping. It's fine if you want to talk to your friends. But he's saying that there's a deeper, more profound rest that's found in him that you cannot find anywhere else, though you might look and though we try all the time. He says, come to me. Come to me. Augustine said this, Thou hast made, it's a prayer that he prayed, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests on thee or in thee. You see, the anxiety that you're experiencing now, the moments of fretfulness and discouragement, Jesus is saying, you're not going to find a rest from all of that unless you find it in him. You know how easy it is to avoid Jesus as a Christian, as a follower of Christ? Guys, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been following Jesus for a long time. And it's so easy to miss Jesus while doing work for Jesus, while serving others for Jesus. It's so easy. Beloved, come to Jesus. That's not just a plea for those of you who don't know Christ. That's a plea for those of you who know Christ but live like he doesn't exist. Come to me, Jesus says. The second thing that we learn about the gospel offer of rest is that we can get rest from all of our striving for the good life. All of our effort to find happiness. All of our wrestling to finally get to that point where everything is going to be all right. You know what that point is? You know, you have your thing. If you're single, you go, you know when I'll be happy? I'll be happy when I finally get married. And then you, when you, then you get married and you go, you know when I'll be happy? I'll be happy when he finally dies. <laughs> or, or if you're married, or if, you're, if you, you go, you know what? I'll be happy when I finally hit that financial mile marker. Or I'll be happy when I finally, my career hits that turn. Or I'll be happy when I, when I finally get my own apartment. No, right? Like some of us live in SROs and it's like, you know, we have to share. Uh, and, and we're like, man, I'll be finally happy when I, when I finally get my own place. No, 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 beloved. Your happiness won't be found somewhere out there. Your happiness will never be found in something that you imagine will make you happy. Listen, Jesus' invitation to rest, we can get rest from all of our striving for the good life. 
He says, he says this, come to me, all of you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Those who labor and are burdened, they're like two different types of people. Let's talk about those who labor. So maybe, maybe, maybe you're like me. And all you want to be is a good person. And so what you do is you labor. And you try to build this life that's perfect. A life that you feel good about. And you try to make it work. And it doesn't work. And then, and then you, try, you go, you know what, I'll try a new way to make it work. Maybe I'll try a new way. And you know what? You're a good person. You, you know what you do? You read the Bible. Good night. You're in a church service. You're a good person. And, but you're going to make your house. And it's going to work. And you're going to try again. And what you're going to do is you're going to do everything you can. You know what you are? You're a laborer. You're trying everything. And it's not working. What are you laboring for? Is it your clean time? I love your clean time. Keep your clean time. It's not enough. What are you laboring for? Maybe to finally break from that bad habit? Or... Or, or maybe you think that if you serve enough in this church, that somehow you'll be found worthy. A good person. I labor. And it all works out as well as my card building. <laughs> Trying to make it all work. Only to discover that it never works. So there are the laborers, the good folks, the person sitting in your seat. You've got, you're better than you've ever been. Listen to me. You need Jesus. Hey, Christians, you need Jesus. You need the one, rather than resting in your own good deeds, rather than resting in your own efforts, you need Jesus. They're the laborers. But then, they're the burdened ones. Oh, boy. And so, the burdened ones. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, those of you who are sitting here who can't forgive yourself for the things that you've done, the weight's oppressive. Forget about what you did last summer. It's all the stuff that you did before and after that. And you can't forgive yourself. 
you know, the moms here who decided that they wanted the substance more than they wanted the kids. And you can't forgive yourself for what you did to your kids. The one that's here who you had a good marriage and you had a good spouse and you messed it all up. It's a burden. It's a burden. The one who took that opportunity and totally blew it. And this is how you live. You live like this. You're burdened. And it's heavy. And it's weighing you down. Some of you are trying to drink your burdens away, but you, never, you, you notice that every time you get sober, the burden's right there. And some of you try to buy your way out of your burdens, but it's right there after the purchase. It's a, a weighing you down. To the person who's trying to make, make themselves good enough for the kingdom of God, and the person who feels so ashamed that they know they'll never be good enough, Jesus says, come to me. For all of you religious folks, I got something for you. And for all of you rebels, I got something for you. Come to me. He's calling you. We no longer have to figure out what the good life looks like, how to get over the shame and the guilt and the, and the oppressive weight that's on us. We no longer have to figure that out. We can come to him and let him do the figuring. What can we learn about the gospel's offer of rest? Firstly, is that it's Jesus who offers it. Second, it's that the invitation, um, the invitation is for the good and the guilty. It's for the good and the guilty, the laborer and the burdened one. Thirdly, we can see we can get rest from our striving for the good life. I think I said the third one second, and the, so just bear with me. We can rest from striving for the good life. See, our longing is to think that we would find something better than Jesus. It's why we come to him last. Isn't it true? Anybody here go to Jesus last every time? Yeah. Matter of fact, this might be your last ditch effort for Jesus. Some of you are not done. Some of you are not done. Some of you are simply pursuing things that are not Jesus. What do we do with that? Listen, you don't have to strive for the joy that's found outside of Christ because there's great joy that's found in Christ. Listen to what he says. He goes, take my yoke on you and learn from me. And here's what he says. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You need that soul rest. It's offered to you. It's not only offered to you, he draws you to himself as a result. And then, fourthly, fourthly, the purpose of your rest is to find our true purpose 
in Jesus. He says this in verse 30, For my yoke is easy to carry, and my burden is light. Here's the deal about yokes and burdens. So you know, so you know, you're going to have a yoke. Yoke is the thing that you're attached to. Here's what a yoke is. So in agricultural societies, they know this better than we do because we're city slickers and we don't know these kinds of things. But a yoke was something that was put on an animal. It was like a big wooden uh, circular thing that kind of, if you think of a figure eight, you have a good idea of what it might look like. And so they would, they would put a yoke on, let's say, an ox and an ox. And the purpose was to get more torque so that they could do more, they could pull more, they could do more, and you could get a lot more done if they were yoked together. It sort of harnessed their power, right? And so that makes sense. You're going to be yoked to whatever it is you think will give you the most power. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we have yoked ourselves to things that do not satisfy. We've yoked ourselves to careers, and we've yoked ourselves to money. We've yoked ourselves to substance. We've yoked ourselves to the American dream. We've yoked ourselves to whatever it is that we've yoked ourselves, and it doesn't, doesn't work. You, would, you wouldn't put, a, say for instance, an ox with a, a lamb. That wouldn't work. See, it would just wound up, go, it would wind up going off track. They, would, they wouldn't go in the same direction because the lamb doesn't have the same power. It wouldn't be able to pull straight. Does this make sense? See, that explains why many of our lives seem to be going nowhere. Because we're yoked to the wrong thing. And we're going in circles, not going where God would have us go. See, the purpose of our life and the purpose of this rest is to find it in Christ. Henry Drummond, who was like a biologist and, uh, and a, 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 an author in the 19th century, said this, Christ's invitation to the weary and heavy laden is a call to begin life over again upon a new principle, upon his own principle. Watch my way of doing things, he says. Follow me. Take life as I take it. Be meek and lowly, and you will find rest. It's found in Christ. So, beloved, what will you do? I want to encourage you to come to Christ. I want to encourage you to find your rest in Jesus. Listen, can you imagine if you let go of the things that you're finding your rest in? And do you have yours in mind, by the way? The thing that you have in mind, the thing that you look to for rest. As you think about that thing, go, no, 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 that is not better than Jesus. Like, a successful church is not better than Jesus, whatever that means. Lots of money is not better than Jesus. You see, it's finding our joy and our rest 
in Christ. And so, so today's big idea is to find our rest in Jesus. And I thought this would be a clever way to say that. We're going to come to Jesus for the rest of our lives. Sounds like a Sleepy's commercial, doesn't it? We're going to come to Jesus for the rest of our lives. Not just that we're going to dedicate our lives to Christ, but we're going to find the deepest, most restful rest in Christ. So what's stopping you from coming to Christ? Let me talk to you Christians for a second. What's stopping you from coming to Christ? You go, I am in Christ. No, 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 really, seriously. What's stopping you from coming to Christ, from making him your rest, from finding in him the joy and the satisfaction that you find in all these other things? What's stopping you? Those of you who don't know Christ or who have not bowed the knee to Christ, what's stopping you? Do you need to go to a detox? Do you need to go to a rehab? Do you, what, what is it? What is it? Let's do that together. Let's come to Christ together. Come to Jesus for the rest of your life. Could you imagine if you actually came to Jesus for this rest? Would you imagine how it would make you change the way you view people? Right? Instead of, right? Instead of using people and loving things, if you found your rest in Christ, you would love people and use things. You see how that would change? Listen, you and I can find our rest in Christ because Jesus was made, he was made to suffer for our sakes. Our rest is found because he stood up that whole night and did much more in Golgotha. Do you remember this? Jesus tells his disciples, I'm going to go away and I'm going to pray. And he goes, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me. Then that night he's beaten and taken to Golgotha. It's it's a rest that he purchased with his own blood. A rest that he purchased with his own sacrifice. Giving us his rest and taking on the burden of our sin. Listen to me. No matter where you are, Jesus says, come to me. I love that word, uh, come. I remember hearing uh, a pastor say, C-O-M-E. He said this, he goes, uh, 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 for children, for old people, for middle-aged people, for everyone, come. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Did you mess up the last whole season of life? Is your whole life a mess up? Come to Jesus. Receive the forgiveness of sins and find in him the burden lifter that gives you rest. Are you like a perfect person and like, you know, you you pay your taxes and teach kindergarten and do all that stuff and like you're a really, really good person and you've never done anything wrong? Then come to him. He lifts the burden of your perfectionism and he takes it off of you. And lets you know that you're loved even if you don't perform. Come to Jesus. It's how we start 
this walk in Christ. Everyone is welcome and everyone needs it.